You're listening to Biz Souls, the business podcast with an edge, hosted by me, Rona Lewis, and Jeffrey Hansler. Tune in for perspectives and discoveries about the changing world of business. It's time to connect to the heart, soul, and humor of how business gets done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Biz Souls. I'm Rona Lewis. I'm Jeffrey Hansler, and we get to the heart and soul of business and the people that make it happen. See, I remembered that time. That's very good. And our people this week, she's more than one people person, uh, is my friend Julie Trell, who is one of my play peeps. Hi, Jules. Hi, Rona and Jeffrey. Great to be here. And she's speaking to us from Sydney, Australia. Please don't. Tomorrow. Please don't. Tomorrow. tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Yes, it's She's tomorrow. ahead of our time. We're speaking Literally. to the future. <laughs> a little bit about Julie. Across two decades, horizontally, evidently, Julie has embraced diverse roles. From inner city teacher to VP of all things fun, meaningful, and rewarding. That must have been some trip. Her career path evolved through technology, corporate foundation leadership, and corporate startup acceleration to her current role of chief play officer. She thrives on fostering improv and growth mind mindsets in adults, evident across Atlanta, San Francisco, Singapore, and now Sydney. Her, e her suitcase is getting a little wear and tear there. Her adaptability, the passport's worn out. That's right. Her adaptability and open-mindedness shaped by these global experiences underscore the value they place on continuous learning. And we're going to talk a little bit about learning with her today. Right. I want to talk about how, how as we grow up, we lose you know, curiosity and because of that creativity. It's, and we have to reteach people how to be creative. Right, and, and you had mentioned Ken Robinson's TED Talk and how he said we're killing it in schools, which... So what Julie, do you think, Jules? What, what yeah. you, are, are we killing creativity in schools around the world? Yeah, so, uh, yes. You, have you ever had that teacher that while you're doing some work you're or you've done some math problems and you hear this one moment where your teacher's like, you're dumb or this is wrong, and that's the story that goes inside your head, which then takes away all of the... the the fear, it, it adds more fear of being wrong because you've been judged. Right. So I, when I was thinking about having this conversation, I want to reflect back on my second grade teacher because she is one teacher that did not kill creativity. And in second grade, when your mind is still being formed, it has stuck with me. And it's probably the reason I went into teaching. Uh, her name was Mrs. Ahrens, Vicki Ahrens. She was also my camp counsel, art counselor at camp. Nice. And if I reflect back on this room, her room was filled with our art projects and it wasn't your cookie cutter art projects where it cut this shape out, stick it here. And they all look the same. Mm -hmm. She basically let us go and flow and be creative, if you will. And the other thing that I loved about her, when we would draw something, if we had a, what we were for whatever assignment it was, and I really remember Thanksgiving and her teaching about us about Thanksgiving, whatever we drew, it wasn't like, what's that? Because then you feel as a child, you're being like, oh, my God, I have to have an answer for this. What mm -hmm. is this she's expecting? I have a there's a right or wrong binary answer. The question she would ask was, tell me about your picture. And that um. allows for more creativity to explore and explain. And it's a safer space. I'm going to use that word safer to be creative and and brave and answering those kind of questions. So that it was a a she is a solid model of a good teacher that does not kill creativity yeah yeah i i have 
the opposite story that happened in high school. I think I've, I've told this with my friend Michael, and it was in an art class. And mm. the teacher said, well, you're really not that great an artist in front of people. And that right there, as soon as I, his face absolutely fell, because most kids equate talent with creativity. So he, oh, since then, as, as far he never thought he was creative because of that. Yeah, that scar sticks with you, yeah. especially when it's public. You are t- then you become more fearful right. of being creative or making mistakes. That's what Ken Robinson That's talks a big about thing. a right. lot. Right. So it's a really good. Julie, did you want, what'd you want to be when you grow up? I, I love asking that question. I mean, it was, it was how'd your, how career, how'd your career path end up here? Well, I, I remember there's two things. I, I remember I wanted to be a veterinarian, but then my mom reminded me, you know, you have to deal with animals that die, you know, animals <laughs> are going to die. And I'm like, okay, done. That path is done. And then I used to joke, I wanted to be an ice cream truck driver just cause that was fun. And the bell, you know, friendly and kids running and happiness and it's ice cream. So and it's ice cream, exactly. <laughs> so I, it's interesting. I don't think I had, what did you want to, you know, knew what I wanted to be, but I do remember when I became, a, when I wanted to become a teacher, there was literally a, a, an epiphany that happened. I remember exactly where I was driving on the streets in, in, I was in Atlanta. I had done some substitute teaching at a school on the weekend and, I'm, and I just loved it. It had opened up and I was a camp counselor. And watching the light bulb go on for kids, however they needed to be, I loved it because I got to be the catalyst and I want to be, you know, there wasn't a right or wrong way of doing things. I always wanted to show up that way. It wasn't like, you got to do it this way, cut these pieces out of, you know, answer the questions this way. There's a right or wrong answer. And I think a lot of teachers do that because they have more control. So I'll get back to that in a second. But I just knew that watching the light bulb go off for kids and adults alike was what I wish I could bottle it and check it into the bank, but it doesn't always pay the bills there. But that was really currency for me in doing what I wanted to do. Nice. And so camp counselor, and did you get a, a teaching certificate? I did. I went back and I got my master's in education. And I remember, so it was a year-long program at Georgia State. And I remember the question, an interview question. It was two professors asking me, what do you, where do you see yourself in five years? You know, that old chestnut. How old was I? I think I was 28 at the time. And this beautiful answer came out of my head. And I said, I want to be the creative liaison on Sesame Street between research and the creative storytelling. I'm like, I, wow. I just created a whole job. Basically, it's a producer, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like that, um, that's a I niche answer, program. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then I got to meet Gwen Gordon, who was a puppeteer for Sesame Street. I didn't wow. know she was a came... Gwen Gordon. That, like, our Gwen, Gwen Gordon? Gordon. Like, the. Uh, Is she in our group? I... Well, she's not in the, in, in the group, but I took, I took her play class with a bunch of us. Yes. That's hard. Well, I, I know Gary's a great friend with her. Yeah. And, uh, and just came down to yeah. Australia for a, a an adult camp weekend, and wow. I was just like, I'm hanging out with a Sesame Street puppeteer. <laughs> I yeah, I, I do remember her saying something like that. She's awesome. So I have a question. So when you're going for your teaching cert, right? So there's a lot of details and a lot of you know typical university stuff. Do they kill creativity in those classes as ah. an adult, or were they? Yeah. Did okay, they inspire so, um, creativity? This- this was an interesting, though it was a one year new program. I think I was in the first class, maybe the second class, 30 people. A lot of people were on their second careers in here. And it made me think of just one, when we had to do our student teaching, I was in a kindergarten class in Gwinnett County with a kindergarten teacher. She'd probably been teaching for 20 or 30 years. And here's this young 
crazy person and I wanted to bring what Miss Aaron's taught me and be messy and noisy and not color in the lines. And, and I remember coming and we did, and I remember doing this in Mrs. Aaron's class, we would outline a kid, the kids were in groups of three, outline one kid on a big butcher paper and then design it and decorate it with leftover stuff that I had, toilet paper rolls, egg carton rolls, buttons, cotton, whatever, Fun. tin foil. Yeah. I still save that stuff. And the t I could look at, the, I could see the teacher. She was like, I'm going to lose control in this classroom where the kids had such a great time being messy. We were out in the hallways. We were all over the place. And in the end, I she was like, wow, that was the kids really enjoyed it. It took longer to get there, but she was losing. She was going. She knew she had to lose a little bit of control right. with this 28 year old teacher that was had no idea what she was doing, still learning classroom management. So that was also my struggle, too, because I would always follow where the kids wanted to go. You know, the loud kids. And they, I think the kids might have seen that as I can misbehave or make bad behavior choices. So it was a combination of me learning classroom management and the teacher being learning to be more creative or allow a different kind of creativity after teaching for 20, 30 years. Yeah. So and, did um... they kill creativity? I mean, that's, I'm looking, I'm listening to the positive ones where I was able to, to flourish and so be some creative. So some did, some, some yeah. didn't a lot. Most kept creativity alive or alive yeah. and some didn't. And, and credit to one of my professors that was saying, this is going to be your classroom. You shut the door and you do what you need to do. Again, more permission. You do what you need to do to meet the curriculum standards and the levels. So, you know, truth be told, first year teaching, and I was in inner city Atlanta, it was hard to do both of those, to be creative, maintain behavior, and meet all the curriculum objectives. Yeah. So I, I was also a counselor at camp, and I got in a lot of trouble. I was not asked back because I let the kids have fun. That was not standardized and you know and and that's and I was young I was like 21 20 22 you were you know 28 and and that was and you had a master's I don't have a master's and it's I think any kid in any circumstance needs to be allowed to go a little wild you know I, I think it helps with their self-confidence right. don't you Joel? you know be It'd be fun to find some of those kids that were there that may have been labeled again, that label of bad kids. Mm -hmm. I always tried to change it as kids that were making bad choices. So yeah. if you reframe that um, and also set, there's another one is setting expectations higher. They will reach it. But if you're saying, oh, these kids are bad kids, they don't know what they're talking about. They're going to meet that bar that you've told them where they're at. Right. Right. You know, I, I think it's a battle going on. I remember. So in sports, Sports always had a big impact on me. And mm. in sports, the coaches I remember, the coaches where I had the most fun, the coaches that had the best teams were always creative, or at least there was a creative coach there mm -hmm. at all levels. And I can remember those coaches that gave us, and the creativity was a chance for us to try something. Could I do this? Can I do this? How about I try this? And they'd like, yeah, let's, let's take a whirl. Whereas other coaches were, nope, this is the way it's done. This is what you have to do. This is where you shut down, all the different things like that. And then Ken Robinson in his in that TED Talk says, he says it's a battleground. I mean, he didn't use those words, I'm paraphrasing. It's a battleground and the deck is stacked against creativity. Right. And he said, now things are changing because if you had a degree, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you were, you were golden. Now, you don't need a degree. Right. I mean, it's going, it's becoming, you know, not as useful. And so, and then with AI coming in, all those remote, those rote tasks 
are being replaced. So creativity is really going to be of high value uh, to organizations. Well, and that's that's what a lot of I, uh, CEOs are, are are saying that it, it, they need now. Yeah, and Jeff, I want to go back to what you just said about the coach that said, "Yeah, let's give it a try." It was creating a safe space. Right. It was and, okay for them to try and make a mistake. So it has right. to do with that teacher, with that manager, with that CEO that is willing to be okay with you taking a chance. Right. I mean, we talk about engagement in a classroom and getting engagement means getting their input. And I've never, ever had a, had a coach in high school or college go, or in high school football go, hey, here's, here, here's the deal, guys. You guys make up a play against this team. You make up your own play, you work it out, and if we're two touchdowns ahead by the third quarter, you can run that play. I mean, that would have been the whole crew. I know just from the personalities of the people that were on the team, they we would have gone nuts. We would have we would have walloped teams because of that, and it would have done more than yelling and screaming and everything else. So it really is a way to motivate. And and now you 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 do that with corporations. You're bringing play yeah. to corporations, and I I know Rona brings play to corporations. We coach each other. We do. We help each other. Yeah. We talk to each other all, all the time. We ask why a lot. Why are you doing it that way? Yeah. Rather than, no, that's not, so, that's not the way you should do it. Yeah. So how are you? And we uncover it? a lot, that why question. Why are you doing it that way? And I remember that one moment, Rona, we were like, why aren't you doing this game? Well, because everyone knows it. And we said, you sure everyone knows that game? We know <laughs> the game. That's right. And you're like, yeah. That's a good point. That's a, yeah. That was a good point. That's what this, that's why we have the, uh, the brainstorming sessions to help with our creativity because, yeah, I mean, I, I, I work on staying open and curious all the time because, you know, I, I have to push that standardization out of me. You know, I am so aware of it. And there are times when I judge myself and I think we all do it where it's, you know, that's a stupid idea or no, it'll be, you know, a, whatever it is. And then I have to take a step back and I'm like, well, how do I really know? I don't really know. So let's give it a shot. You know, yeah. right. that, that self-talk. I'm not creative because they had that art teacher, that teacher's like, oh, this is not right. Right. And, you know, being, being able to be prepared to be wrong is we don't have enough of that. You know, you'll never come up with anything original if if you're not willing to take that chance. Yeah. I love the activity that Gary Hurst, I'm gonna name job here, Gary Hurst does, where he has people walk around the room saying things, sharing things that you love, you know, with another person. And then he says, stop, now create a business around the two things that were just shared. So that's all about creativity is create coming up with something that hasn't been matched together, if you will. Right. And, and they, the giggling, my favorite part is doing, of doing facilitation is the giggling and the laughing. Those are the light bulbs that have of gone course. on. Of course. I mean, how many, how many things can you come up with that, you know, an elephant and a pencil, go. You know? <laughs> and, there's, and there's no wrong answer. That's exactly. The, there's no wrong answer. And it's just so much fun. And if people, you know, people don't have to do it if they don't want to, because we, we talk about forced fun. And it's just, and everybody loves it. Stuff like that. You know, just, just cause so go ahead well that force fun thing that's all that still catches me I, I mean you've been talking about it for a while it still catches me because there are a lot of times when i'm in a you know if i'm thinking about something or i'm in a problem solving mode or I'm, I've, I've got schedule to get stuff out and then somebody goes let's have a fun session that you need to be part of for because we're in a different stage of a program or something else yeah it feels like force fun at the front 
I mean, to get started, to get somebody to switch gears. It's like well, it depends. From- I, I, I think a lot of people want to do it. They don't know how, you know. Uh, was it Jan, Jan Keck doesn't doesn't use the word icebreaker. He uses ice warmers because he uh, he's like icebreaker is is really harsh and people can't go from zero to sixty. Yeah, we you say know. I've used fire starter, but then stop doing that after the fire's in Australia. <laughs> you don't want to get blamed oh, for why, anything. <laughs> oh, why not? Yeah. Why not? Let's keep doing yeah. it. Welcome or to they're Pleasant called thing. eye openers. Yeah. yeah, but also to your point, also to both your points, is having the right facilitator to do that. So again, the teacher, mm-hmm. the facilitator, the moderator that is not going to kill the creativity is creating that safe space for people to show up brave, to use right. Brene Brown, yeah. and that's important. Yeah, I mean, there are tons of books that have games, exercises, and I don't always like to use the word games because that connotes winners and losers and you don't always want that, but game, but exercises, activities that, you know, it says use one of these for teamwork and, you know, an HR person who doesn't necessarily know their butt from their elbow, I'll say it, their ass from their elbow, will just kind of pick, you know, okay, oh, this one looks easy. I don't need any extra anything with it, any extra paraphernalia. I'll do this. Well, right. That, how do you know it makes sense? Who are you dealing with? What's their personality? You know, and it's, there's a lot more that goes right. into it. And, and, and to bring out, yes, and? And the the debrief. So it's not just fun for fun's yeah. sake. That's where it's, it's really important. Why do we just do this? And how does it connect with your everyday life and your meetings with your customers, with your right. teammates, with your kids, you know, to tying all those, those things together. So yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it anyway and and all these things it's they're all forms of teaching people how to be creative again because we've we've lost it we've just sucked it out of our kids yeah so the 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 pipeline is you have your teachers that are killing creativity Mm -hmm. it's not safe you're labeled i can't do this i'm dumb go into corporate you have your managers your ceos like it needs to be done this way Mm -hmm. or else versus listening to the why of the employees, the why of the customers. And, and it goes, then it goes down to the empathetic listening. And until you know both sides of that, how to listen and then how to be creative, you know, there's skills that we need to, dare I say, relearn because creativity has been killed in, in some of the classrooms. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I, I think it's it's just starting to really get notice. You know, even like play is now becoming popular all over the world. Like like you always say, twenty years ago, nobody nobody used storytelling. Right. You got um, laughed. Hi, I want to teach you storytelling. I want you to hire me to teach storytelling. <laughs> We're not going to pay for that. That's yeah. stupid. Nobody uses storytelling. And now you know CEOs take classes on it. And that, and it, it's the same thing with with play. I mean, even ten years ago, I was like, you know, play and work don't don't mix. And now all of a sudden, it's, you know, Forbes is writing about it, and Inc. and Fast Company and right. all those. And it's like, hey, it's actually becoming an industry. Well, if if we go back to edu- the reason education was set up the way it is, it was an industrialization, right? And right. the hierarchy of you know when you graduate, you're going to have to get a job, mm-hmm. and you need to have math and literature, right? But he, you know, Ken Robinson was saying that the hierarchy of it: you have your math, your literature, your English, your history, your socials, and then the arts was always at the bottom. Yeah. So that giving those 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 rankings the status that that mm-hmm. kills the creativity as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember when, when my... Sorry, finish your, finish your thought and then I'll tell oh, you. Oh, I was just going to say play is another word for innovation, creativity, at being agile, mm-hmm. adaptable. So maybe they're not ready for the word play, but they're actually wanting all of it. That's right. That's, that's, that's an excellent point. Excellent point. Uh, I was just going to say when, when my high school went on, what do you call it when they don't have money for things? I lost the word. It's, Bake sales? No, yeah, that, well, they, they had to use it, but they, Grants? but they were, they were just going down to like the bare bones. Um, I, I, I lost the word. Anyway. Strapping? Uh, sort Subsidized? of. Stop, things stop, stop. Are... Budgeting. Two words, two words. Begging. <laughs> Sounds like. Austerity. That's the word that uh, they were, we were on austerity. So they cut the arts and they cut sports. Two things that are incredibly needed. And we were, and like, you could see the stress levels from the kids increase exponentially because there was no playing in, in, in physically or mentally. Right. And I'm sure the stress levels of the teachers as well, because they are under this constraint, constraints and control. Right as well yeah 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 so, so it was you know that translates that translates it uh, to the corporate world too absolutely uh, they're feeling everybody's feeling the constraints they're mm-hmm. feeling we got to follow the rules we got more rules now got all kinds of rules got even rules that aren't in the rule book that we have to follow if you don't follow the rules and then you end up in yeah. trouble and so and it's all based on as you as you mentioned earlier julie psychological safety and fear you know fear uh, breeds control right Yes, 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 yes. So let's let's go to the constraints part. I think there's a lot of creativity. People become very creative when you're constrained. Yes. Sometimes that's even better. I know as a teacher, you know, figuring out creative ways to get funding for my classroom and Mm -hmm. supplies and materials. So I was in, you know, teaching inner city Atlanta. Not a lot of, not a lot of budget, and I had to use my own money. And then I go to Salesforce. I was hired one of the first people at Salesforce in the foundation. And there was, you know, lots of capital to spend. I, I remember my first company meeting where after the meeting, which was at a hotel, they had a large spread of all the food and booze and alcohol, whereas I had just come from a teacher's meeting, which we got potato chips and soda it was a big deal at one right. of our meetings. Anyway. So you felt like Tom cons- Hanks and Castaway yeah. <laughs> at the FedEx exactly. meeting. Yes, Exactly. And then, or in big, and when he was like, I could be creative and think like a kid because he right, didn't have right. the constraints that was we a, connect such a all the Tom Hanks me, uh, movies yeah. together. Right. But having those constraints re- creates, breeds innovation. You know, yeah. the having, you don't have to, it's so easy to get money to bring in someone to do this versus how can we make this happen with the three things that we have in well, front of us? Well, Apollo 13. Right, got, right. right. That was, that's a favorite constraint scene. Where yeah. they throw in a bunch of stuff on the table and say, "Okay, we have to go from here, square to round, and make it clean make the it air, work. clean yeah. the CO2." And seeing that also, Tom Hanks was in that. Yes, so we Tom got three Tom Hanks movie. Boom, the trifecta. There you go. We win. Okay. <laughs> Tom Hanks is personally on a on a six degrees roll of separation yeah. to to bring creativity back to the world. Indeed, indeed. He's, He's a good example. Him and Sir Ken has inspired. That's right. This, uh, That's right. Now Tom has to do a TED talk, and he'll be perfect, more perfect. <laughs> Only if they give him a script. No. Okay. No, anyway, no. so yeah, so I just you know it's it all boils down to I think. Um, realizing that just from my viewpoint, someone who wasn't in, in education, it's like, you know, trusting kids to, 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 to understand what they're getting into when they're, when they're allowed a little bit of freedom, you know, and not allowing them to letting, not allowing the teachers to suck it out of them. You know, maybe it needs to be in their curriculum when they're, when they're learning. 
when the, when the teachers yeah. are learning. And I think it'd be an interesting experiment to do to reach out to some of these kids that had those teachers like that and where they are now and what they would do different difference, especially if they are parents now. Mm-hmm. I, I think about all the time, can I find the kids that were in my class, you know, where they are now? I had one kid who had, I think he had a reading learning disability in terms of reading, but he was whip smart at math. Mm-hmm. And he was also a kid that, that made bad choices that antagonized other kids. So instead of punishing this one time we were going on a field trip, I made him sit with Miss Trell. You know, he had to sit with me, which was but he liked me and we played math games. Like while he sat with me on the bus to the zoo, he sat with me and we played games. So he got special. And then I made the mistake of letting him sit in the back seat afterwards on the way back. Another story, but giving him that attention and, and highlighting his strength that I recognized, I think was very, was very helpful. Mm -hmm. And so I just wonder where these kids are now. And if there was any impact made on those teachers that both have opened the door, like my Mrs. Aaron's who said, you know, creativity, what is this? what What, tell me about your picture versus that's not good. You're not creative. Your answers are wrong. Right. Yeah. So going to the business thing again, where are corporations, where are they using play the most and using it successfully right now from your perspective? And second part, part B, do you think Australia is ahead of the U.S. in this or do you think the U.S. is still ahead? Do you think any country's ahead? I mean, are we, maybe mm-hmm. the Italians are ahead. I, I think Europe has, has got a lot more openness the French they're in pockets the French yeah so what's happening in businesses I think you gotta sneak the play in like the vegetables on the on the plate to make them eat eat it and not you know I I love the word play and improv but those can be big words for companies you know if we're doing communication if we're doing creativity these kind of workshops and playing you know dare I use the word game and debriefing them how you know, whether it's role playing, whether it's actual games and debriefing, what happens, how you felt, why you made those choices, what, how can you use this moving forward? And I think that's what's needed a lot more. So I work, I do a lot of stuff in the, also the startup world, and I'm trying to change these old panels of three successful founders on the panel and asking, talking about how they got to where they were or pitching. And it was, it's very status. Like, yeah, here's my, here's my business. And then the VCs are like, well, you need to do this, that, that again, you're, that's the, here's the box you need to fit in. It's my box. And this is the way this is the right. I am trying to change that. And I've have an activity called whose startup is it anyway? That's right. That's right. The founders will come up and they'll do a pitch. I have a couple of founders come up and then I have improvisers come and make up stories or plays or scenes from what they heard from what has been pitched. Oh, that's you know, great. Just turning it into play and right. fun where we can just changing that model that we can have fun. We can laugh at ourselves. We can make these new connections. So that's where, you know, that's where I think a lot of the things yeah. can, I don't know if, to answer the question directly. I don't know if all corporates are ready for the word play and improv and games, Agreed. but that's exactly what we're doing. And that's what we need to do in the schools. Yeah. To the second point, I, I think Australia is behind the US and the UK. It's very old, traditional, very like I was at a company that was used to be a government agency. It was telecoms. It was a hundred, it's a hundred years old and it's very, very traditional. People have been there for 30, 40, 50 years. Hard to bring in change there. But I again would sneak it in and say, and not ask, but do. I was at a kind of work at a, a retreat with other fellow executives. It was a week-long treat. And Instead of 
we would, whenever we had like a breakout group, we had to read a business case and then report back on it. I said, let's do it this way. And I would say, we're going to be a real live PowerPoint. So I had the group create a slide, a human slide. And then the presenter would say, and here's what we see here in this slide. And then we would relate it to whatever business case we read. And then they would go click and we'd make a new scene. And it was really interesting. Whenever anyone got into my group, I would just make these offers, not saying, do you want to? It was, let's do this. And they got into it and played. By the end of the week, we had to do like a summary of what we learned. And usually these videos are kind of, I hate to use the term hostage videos, which is the wrong, very wrong concept, but it was just very staid videos of what they learned. In the group that I was in, they were doing the conga dance and the chief legal officer was one leading it. And someone comes up to me, he's like, oh, that, that conga line, that was all your idea. And I said, it had nothing to do with me. Everyone else, because they were given the freedom to play and be creative, that they did it. And I was just, again, that catalyst, I felt. Yeah, I think a so good I think facilitator can, is yeah. a catalyst. And so. it, it's really it, the talent, because the wall between when people feel comfortable and relax, that wall is really thick in an organization. And you've got to work with them, and you've got to, you get them play, and you get them do the exercises to get them to l just let it all go. And well, when you're working with, you know, so, uh, tech company versus, you know, the Cattlemen's Association, that may be, you know, there's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you have to know who you're dealing with too to know how much you can push the envelope sort of thing. And I was yeah. thinking from my own experience in it. It's, for example, God, I saw a TikTok video. And this is really weird because I was just thinking of play, not only from countries, but from political affiliations. Like, is a socialist country going to be less likely to play or more likely than a capitalist company versus a communist company? Co and yet- Country. Country. You said company. Oh, yeah. Well, company, country. Yeah, okay. So there's a, sorry, good clarification. And also the distinction- The, the company that, in there. It works yes, too, yeah. yeah. Okay, anyway, there was a TikTok video of the Chinese exercising between their lessons. And the, I don't know if they'd switch the music, but it was metal head bashing music. And the kids and the teacher all going, ah, 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 ah. Just, and they were just going nuts. I'm going, wow, that's interesting. Is that, you know, just a you know, head bashing scene. I mean, I'm sure it livens them up between lessons. So yeah. And it's because it was, they had permission to do so. Yeah. Right. You know, so, you know, you had the cattlemen's versus the cattle, cattlemen organization versus the tech company. If they see someone having the play and being free and taking that first step like the guy what's my favorite ted yeah 30 minute three three minute ted talk of the guy derek sievers the leader the guy that's doing the dancing on the on the hill mm -hmm. how to start oh a right right he's right a, right he's, has, a, he's right. at a he's at a, a music festival doing the dancing he's the lone nut until right. one person follows Joins him in. which is also a leader the first few that are following are also leaders and then everyone gets up because it was it was out of the norm. It was being creative, but he opened the door for other people. So you need those those people to not only take the first step, but the people to follow yeah. and to that, help with that creativity. There are great, great instructions with that. So you have to honor. You have to honor your followers. You have to give them all the attention. Then you let them take it. Oh, it was great. It was perfect how to, how to get the whole room going. Yeah. It was well done. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, any other comments, questions? No, no, for, no, no, for Julie? no. Do you want to? You yeah, well, Ju Julie, how can people get in touch with you if they want to ask more questions yeah. down under? 
down under. So you can find me on LinkedIn. It's probably a great place that you've heard me here. Julie Trell, T-R-E-L-L. And Playful Purpose is my work where I'm doing work globally. I'll do it in person. We could do it online. We could do it together with Rona because we love to facilitate. Yes. And I would love to talk to people. I I also do some coaching with founders, specifically the underrepresented people who are working to build a company. And nice. that's how you can get in touch with me. Excellent. That'd be fabulous. Well, this was, uh, this was so helpful, Julie. I so appreciate you taking the time uh, to do this. And, and I, think it, I think it's really important for people to realize that in, in business, you can cultivate curiosity. You can cultivate creative thinking and innovative thinking just by yeah. allowing yourself to, uh, to not judge yourself and others. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So. And thank you for letting me do the homework and listening to Sir Ken Robinson again. I did. Oh, you're I did a... Yeah. That was a great little TED talk. It was wonderful. Yeah. And he's funny. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just looked. He has 75 million views. Is that unbelievable? It was very well constructed. I think we have it's, six. They actually... <laughs> That's interesting. You know, so many people are watching it. How can we get 75 million people to start doing and recognizing that, you know, stepping out of the comfort zone, stepping out of the traditional roles and being, taking risks, making mistakes. Well, that's the, yeah, to your point, that's the big thing. We can watch all kinds of, of, of things. There's watching and there's, there's, there's doing. And I, I, I think it really takes courage, you know, to be able to, to step out of that norm and not be afraid right. to be to be different and try new things and that's and improvise see what happens you know yeah what a concept yeah something new all right <laughs> all right that is it for us today thank you julie thank you jeffrey thank you rona thank you julie <laughs> thank you thanks john boy good night john boy <laughs> i'm dating myself <laughs> All right, that's it for us. I'm Rona Lewis. I'm Jeffrey Anson. And this has been Biz Souls. We'll see you next time. Thank you. You've been listening to the Biz Souls podcast with your hosts, Rona Lewis and Jeffrey Hansler. Did you have fun? Subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Talk to you next week.